1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And I'm the secondary host, Rob Langevin. Yeah, and on this podcast, we bring you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer or football. On today's episode, we'll be discussing floundering stars, price changes, who to start or sit, and the transfers we have made this week. All right, Rob, well, first first off, how are you just doing, man? You doing well? I'm good, it was a good week of fantasy, Uh, it was a
0: good week in uh, regular football, to watch football, I know you're excited, your Spurs got an epic win, and uh, you know, Champions League is in full effect, and we had some exciting games today, so I'm living, dude, (laughs) L-I-V-I-N.
1: With probably an apostrophe or G at the end of that. Um, Yeah, very surprising. The narrative has changed 180 degrees from yesterday when I was talking about how awful the English sides are in the Champions League when only two of the four went and then the two today both win. It'll be interesting to see how the media reflects on that. Uh, As I mentioned, starting off with stars that have kind of struggled, we did see some big names come out last week and actually do their jobs, which was lovely. Uh, Specifically, as a couple people mentioned on Twitter at me that I picked an awful week to continue bashing Alexis Sanchez. Because obviously he popped up, scored a lot of points, hat trick and all. Uh, But there's still some that have have been a little disappointing. So we're just going to quickly go through some guys and talk about whether you're still holding on to them or if you think it's time to cut bait and run. We're going to start off with Sergio Aguero on 13.2 points. We've talked before about how it's fine to hold him because everybody else is holding him. Only 19 points thus far this season. Daniel Sturridge has just four fewer points and has only had two starts. Are you still holding on to Aguero or is it time to go? Uh, You know, I think you mentioned it. I think it's the
0: perfect example. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you own Aguero, everybody else is going to own Aguero. And they're all holding him for that one game where he just completely obliterates everybody. Uh, I think the triple captain was basically initiated so Aguero would be the guy that everybody uses. So I think everybody is biding their time and hoping that Aguero snaps out of it and they time it with their triple captain exactly at the right time. You know, getting back to the damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, his ownage, ownage rate is probably similar to how he you are doing in your league or how your standings are. If you look at the teams above you, they either have Aguero and are struggling or don't have Aguero and are probably just. Dis- middling by because they're still trying to find a great combination of guys to use instead of aguero. So I think you I think if you own aguero, you kind of have to hold on especially this week against Newcastle um with the midfield yaya did not look like himself at all today. Uh and Silva was subbed off in the 70th odd minute. So it's going to be the the de bruyne and aguero show this week I think up to, up top for the uh the city.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking Silva will will continue to work his way back. I think it's hard for them to sit him, even with how well DeBoard has done, because of how poorly Navas has done. I think both of them get into the side. I think Yaya is just tired. You, You can't play him as much as he's been played, and expect him to have the same level of efficacy. Because we've, you know, coming into this year, everybody was already saying he's already You know, on tired legs, he's already too old, blah, blah, blah. And we saw how effective he can be when he's rested those first couple weeks. Now we've really hit that very busy part of the schedule, seeing him playing two or three matches in seven-day periods, and you start to wonder, when is he going to get a breather? Although last week's performances of Fernandinho and Fernando against just a rampant Tottenham side um, probably don't lend confidence for Pellegrini to sit Toure out a match. Um, so yeah, we may continue to just see him struggle, uh, in and out of matches where normally you'd expect him to do very well. Next up are three of your guys, Eden Hazard, Cesc Fabregas, Diego Costa. Costa, obviously on a suspension right now, just dropped in price though. Uh, so I guess we'll start with, is it worth picking him up now that he's dropped to 10.9 and do you think he'll turn it around soon?
0: Uh, no, I don't think he's worth it. I think he's actually probably going to drop again before he even gets back in an EPL game. So you're probably looking at a 10.7. Um, the other guys, Hazard is the only one that I would probably monitor. Um, even, even the Pedro. Pedro hasn't even... I'm going to lump Pedro into this conversation yeah, only he's because he, he doesn't look like he's finding the same niche we saw in the first game where he was creating open space for himself. I don't know if that's a... You know, a continuation of Chelsea struggles to get him the ball in open spaces, the the outside defenders coming up to support him or what? But the Chelsea attack on the outside is just abysmal. I it's it's just disgusting to watch. There's just no fluidity to it. There's no passing a ball around just to to gain you know possession. I don't know where that's going to come from, but it's definitely not going to come from Fabregas. I don't. I'm not a proponent of owning Fabregas in any format for any, any reason fantasy-wise, I watch him. I think he's being way too defensive, way too, <clears throat> you know, he's being very tentative away from the ball. And even when he's on the ball, it, it seems like nobody's moving enough to, for him to facilitate the ball to. Mm-hmm. H- Hazard is the only one that I can see because he can create his own chances. He's going to get his chances because he, he, he takes on people. He, you know, he, he makes tackles. He makes interceptions on his own. So in certain formats, he's basically going to build his fantasy for him. He scores, that's awesome. Even though his goal got taken away from him, it became an OG. Doesn't matter. He's still gonna give you enough fantasy-wise in other formats that he's gonna be an asset. In the in the official game, you know, for his price tag, there's no way that you can roster him right now with the way that Sanchez has basically burst back onto the scene with the three goals, having having both of them be the same similar price tag. Um so for all the Chelsea offensive players, the, the Fabregas, the Pedro, the, the Hazard, and the Costa, I'm completely disregarding any of them still. And if you're going to invest in anybody, i probably start at the back. And it, it's probably going to be either a Zuma or an Azpulicueta, only because the value is there that they can maintain on a lateral level compared to a price tag of another, of a, of another you, know, you know, defender.
1: Yeah, you made excellent points, especially that, that last one on how expensive these guys are in particular. You, know, you look at a player like Aguero, and you could have uh, both Leicester guys in there for 13.0. You could have both Vardy and Mahrez for the price of Aguero right now. Both of them with double the points that he has. Um, so obviously, a thing worth looking into there. Not going to list him in the name of, of struggling stars, mostly because of the stars part, not the struggling part. Scored at the weekend on a questionably offside goal. Are you buying back into Harry Kane yet, or do you want to see a little more?
0: Uh, I I want to see a little bit more. I think uh City like you touched on before, I I don't think that Fernando and Fernandinho in the in the center of the pitch were controlling anything. I thought they were they looked like they were playing Atari with their feet. Is basically what was going on. <laughs> and once once they got, once City was down, it looked like they were out. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Kane didn't do enough because he he scored the goal. So I mean, a goal is a goal. It, it's you know it's points for you,
1: yeah. correct? And he's been he's been putting the ball on target a lot lately, and it just yeah. kind of seemed like the chances weren't falling. Specifically, the one midweek against Arsenal uh, with an overhead kick that got cleared off the line by Gibbs. But he he looks to be in scoring form. But to be fair, so was Aguero, and yet both of them sit with less than twenty points. Exactly. Exactly. And
0: for for me to even consider Harry Kane. You have to look at the guys that are similarly priced around him, the form that they're playing with, and what the where you could fit them into your roster. I mean, the the guys in his price run at nine dot two. The real excuse me, there really isn't anybody there. I mean, you're not going to roster an eight eight point eight point eight Giroux because he's yeah. he's not even playing a full ninety. <laughs> yep. The only he the is only scoring
1: guy, though. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's bizarre that he's scored, he just has a knack for putting the ball in the net, and. The only other guy that I could say that was in his price range that you could comparably say, and it wouldn't even be close to saying, you know, I'd start this guy over over Kane 100% because Lukaku is the only guy that I could see in his, you know, one million either the, yeah, way price tag. Yeah, a full tag.
1: dollar less. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Because Kane is such on a limb at that 9.2 yeah.
1: that
0: it, there's nobody really close enough to him. It's, it's either the, the 10.0 strikers and the Rooney's the Costas, the Agueros above and above, or it's the guys below him like the, the Lukaku's the Gomes's you know and and the like below
1: him. Yeah. I
0: mean the, the investment value of Lukaku two striker
1: 2.0 cheaper.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But th- that's what I'm saying there's such a disparity between the, the high high price guys and then it's kind of like Harry Kane's like waddling in the middle and then there's the the underpriced guys than Kane that are performing well and probably a better investment for your dollar.
1: Yeah, the one, two, three, four, five of the six people immediately beneath him have more points, um, which obviously isn't the most encouraging. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on this before we move on?
0: It's still a marathon,
1: Kev. You know, I. Yeah.
0: I it's only weeks. It's only week seven, or or eight, whatever week we're in. I'm losing weeks heading here. Heading into eight. So, yeah. Yeah, we're heading into eight. So, but it's in, it's only been seven weeks. So, I mean, if you analyze your roster and say, well, you know, it's you know, 15% over, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a big number, but it really isn't because it's, you have so much time to go. You still have a whole nother transfer period where guys are going to come in and to augment your roster in a, in, a, in a way that may be beneficial to you. You know, in two, in two, three weeks, you know, somebody may be injured that may be a top fantasy asset, like like a, like a Payet or a Mares or an Aguero that you've been relying on. It, it happens. Look at Callum Wilson. He's gone now. Basically he was owned every, everywhere by everyone in the yeah. top 1,000 teams. Only because of his of his price tag and what he was doing on the pitch. So, I mean, after seven weeks, I think you kinda have to have a belief in guys and not bash Alexis Sanchez as much as we did last week, so have a blow up in our <laughs> face.
1: Yeah.
0: And just be patient. Like make the right moves at the right time and you'll you'll know when the time is right, when you're like, All right, I gotta either crap or get off the pot and it's it's getting close i'm saying if if, that, if by thanksgiving you haven't found a good niche or a good rotation
1: of players then then you're in trouble yeah for sure all right and now on to price changes i'm going to start with my players that you can buy on a discount as they head south in price starting with one nasser chadley now he lost his starting spot to hyungman's son who has now picked up a foot injury we're hearing it could be out three to four weeks the interesting thing about that is that he might be back because we have the international break coming up. Uh, so he would miss this weekend. There's a conceivable possibility that he could be back by the time he's back. But Chadley falling to 6.9. If he's starting every match, I think is a pretty good bargain. Uh, Gerdon Shakiri also at 6.9 really hasn't done much. Much like Stoke haven't done much, to be fair. Only one win though thus far this season. They're on six points, but three of those points coming through draws. Bojan, Bojan, uh, that guy, (laughs) he's back and fit. Uh, Scored in his debut, now looks to be coming back fairly well. Mama Biram uh, I think, is a very underrated player, both in real life and in fantasy. I think if Stoke can really start to get that attack going, it could end up being as formidable as it was at the early half of last season, when they kind of took a lot of teams by surprise. Uh, I, I think this is a team that's very, very much underachieving at the moment, but they have the talent there to turn it around. Like I mentioned, also at 6.9. And then kind of a sneaky one to look at. I'm not even going to mention Silva and Toure. Both of them dropped a point. And if you don't own either of them right now, I don't know what you're doing. But Glenn Murray. Now, 5.6 is more than than you're probably wanting to spend. But if you think about how well he ended last season and the fact that he now has that Bournemouth job uh, with the saddening departure of Callum Wilson through injury. and And you just have to feel bad for Bournemouth on the whole. It looked like they were really going to at least play some good football. They, they might have blackpooled it and, you know, at least given us entertaining football before going down. And now it, it just looks like things have gone from bad to worse uh, over there. But the person benefiting from that, Glenn Murray, 5.6. If him and Matt Ritchie can start to, like, link up, I know Richie's starting to play better as well. I think that might be an interesting one to look at.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was going to touch on Glenn Murray as well, only because the opportunity is there because there's nobody really at Bournemouth that has his experience level or his finish up front for them. Yeah. I mean, they have KermaGant, Ranty, and Tomlin. That's the only forwards on their roster right now. I mean, Boromus has got to basically play Glenn Murray every game now. So if you're looking for a Wilson sub that you, you want to roll the dice on, I mean, Murray may be that guy. I'm not saying go ahead and do it because there's probably other better options out there like a Vardy or if you want to save more money, I'd probably go to an Odeon Igalu, but that's just me. Uh, Guys that I noticed that were, that price dropped. uh, How about a Connor Wickham? He dropped again. Yeah. I I, I know we're basically. And he's dropping
1: while he's injured.
0: Yeah. And it's, I I don't know how much longer because it's basically perpetual waiting for Crystal Palace to get their stuff together because we keep perpetually saying it. That over and over and over that once they get it going, it's like it's like an old engine that we get you finally get running. Hopefully, hopefully, get yeah, exactly it'll it'll run like a top forever. You know, Wickham is the guy there. He yes. just can't stay fit.
1: Yeah, I, I've said it before, and I've, I've gotten okay. some flack for it, but there's no reason why talent-wise, Wickham can't do what Austin did last year.
0: There absolutely isn't, and I hate to break the news to you know, in, in the January transfer window. If Palace is anywhere near the top twelve and they don't make a significant run at Charlie Austin, I, I seriously have to, to question their their ownership and management. Honestly, yeah, because it, Charlie Austin staggering. is the he's the missing piece there. He honestly is the missing piece. He's basically Connor Wickham but better. If you're looking at it from a from a comparable player standpoint,
1: hmm.
0: um, other guy that I noticed that that dropped, you know, uh, every Swansea three weeks ago was the bell of the ball, and Andre AU dropped again. Um, so did Gomez. Um, there's somebody to keep an eye on only because of the way that they can click and they can click fast. They're like a, a quick turnaround team. They play Spurs this week. Now yeah. Spurs is probably coming off one of the, their biggest wins. in what would you say? Two years?
1: Yeah. I mean the, the Chelsea five, three last year, but that felt a little more fluky. Like this was yeah. a comprehensive win.
0: Yeah. The, the, the Chelsea game last year seemed like they were a gritty, come from come back. All right. We're going to put it to them kind of game. This the the Man City game seemed like they're like you know what we came out we had a plan it exactly worked we won,
1: yeah
0: I I haven't seen that in, from Spurs in a while and, I don't and it came
1: from the midfield which has been a weakness for Tottenham uh, basically ever since Dembele and Sandro stopped being fit exactly you know so it
0: seemed like it was a good team win something that we haven't seen from Spurs in a while so I mean I'm not a Spurs supporter you are but would you be surprised
1: if they lost this game like two 0 Losing to Swansea two 0 I would, and I'll tell you why. Not because a loss would surprise me, uh, obviously conditioned to that, but because Tottenham currently have the best defensive record in the Premier League. I think the surprising thing there would be Swansea <coughs> scoring two. Um, in a in a vacuum, can Swansea score two? Yeah, easily. Uh, the the problem now for teams facing Tottenham is that you already had to get you, you have to get past Eric Dyer who has developed very quickly into one of the better defensive midfielders in the league. You get past him, you have to get past Toby Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen, who are two of the more uh, versatile center backs in the league. And once you get past all of them, then you have to beat Hugo Lloris in, the, in, in net. And I, I just think it's very hard to look at any match uh, and say, yes, a team's definitely going to score two. Could Tottenham lose this one? Absolutely. Is it going to be Gilfie Sigurdsson's revenge tour again? Very likely. Uh, but uh, I, I think saying that it, Tottenham are going to ship two at this point is, is a little unlikely. Now that I've said that, it's definitely going to happen. But there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just saying it from a letdown game.
1: I feel yeah. like... It no, could be that's, a- why, that's why I'm saying I, a loss would not surprise me. Though. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So, I mean... Those are the guys that I'm looking at price like price down wise. I mean, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that Swansea players can just snap their fingers and automatically be back to fantasy relevant. Yeah. because if you look at the the most dropped players this week, it's it's Iu and Gomez only because people are shifting around funds so they can get the Martial's, the Vardy's, the mm. and the like players at midfield in there, um, and the guys on guys on the up that. I mean, if you're not if you're not buying in on on Vardy right now, mm. especially if you owned Wilson,
1: exactly. Yeah, we, we talked about last week about having too much money in the vault and where to spend it, and that's exactly where I spent it. Wilson went down immediately, brought in Jamie Vardy.
0: Yeah, I, I switched it a different way, but we're gonna get it. We'll get into that a different way. Uh, other guys on the up. If you basically look at the top five performing midfielders so far in the the, the official game, uh, every one of them went up. The Mata, Sanchez, Marez Payette, and who am I missing? I'm missing somebody else. But all four of the four of the top five all went up in price, including Marez again, who yeah. is basically on a is
1: hilarious rise right? on 6.5 now.
0: He's got Algerian helium in him.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, Bentaleb can get some of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, he could like give it to him like a secret handshake. Or, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so who do you have uh, on guys that that went up this week that you could still think about buying into?
1: One is a guy I just mentioned, which is Eric Dyer at 5.1. He's getting extra points every match just because he's playing as a midfielder, but getting defender points, so getting those extra points uh, on clean sheets and uh, assists and such. Uh, And I'm saying Dyer this week not because of the goal. Will he score every now and again? Yes. But that's not what you're buying in for. What I'm buying in on is that this Tottenham defense might actually be legit. You look at a whole lot of defenses that you expect to be great, Struggling right now, most namely Chelsea. Uh, and then you look at, at this Tottenham side conceding just one goal in the last four matches. And it's, it's very surprising. And then this this matchup, I know you mentioned Swansea struggling. We, we all realize that. And that Tottenham, again, conceded just one in their last four. But this Swansea team is, has not scored in 294 minutes of match time which is a very long time and I know a lot of people can take that two ways. You can either take it as, "Oh wow, they can't score," or you get the people that will say, "The goal is coming." Uh, but it's, Isn't that what we did with Sanchez last that's week? We basically cursed. Exactly what we did with we Sanchez. Uh, and there's definitely no bias in my my <laughs> commentary mm, on our nope. players ever. Not you you neither. Uh, yeah. I think is the best thing about yeah. supporting London clubs. But um I, I think Dyer is an excellent pickup. Like I said, you get the bonus points, you're getting the clean sheets, and even when you are not getting the clean sheets, he's contributing in other ways. He's contributing in, in chances created. Last week he had the most aerial duels won, So if you're in a league where you have those kind of stats uh, going around. He's just a very well-rounded player. Uh, in the .dot .com game, he's pretty much a clean sheet gamble, and you have to be willing to do that or not. Uh, but I, actually, that's an interesting question, to throw to you, do you think all of the Tottenham defenders are now ownable off of this run? Or are you still just kind of going with the select guys, which to be fair is a little confusing? As Danny Rose isn't even getting the starts in the Premier League,
0: and and that's funny that you just mentioned Danny Rose because I was actually going to throw if you look at the guys' ownership week one to week now, Danny Rose was the most owned Tottenham defender week one
1: yeah. before
0: the season started, mm. and now he's not. He hasn't even sniffed a, a blade of grass this year. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, you, you kinda have to only because Tottenham has such limited other players throughout the midfield and forward that you could probably
1: roster. You can rely on, yeah. That, that now that parent, Erickson's back, it's Ericsson. <laughs> maybe.
0: But but why they're not giving up goals, you kinda have to invest your, your shares into the Spurs defense only because you're not investing anywhere else because they're not really blowing and not one person individually is blowing the fantasy doors off yeah nine goals scored
1: eight different players exactly yeah um and then you already mentioned vardy and i'm all over payette again now you have him facing the sunderland defense which is by far the worst in the league uh he's now on 49.7.9 uh he's the second (laughs) best player overall in TAGA and official formats uh so you know I, i don't need to tell anybody why you need to pick up uh, Dimitri Payet, uh, but again, as I mentioned last week, has no other distractions. He is name one on the team sheet, and they don't have Europa League or Capital One Cup distractions. And I, I would be willing to put money on the fact that he's a top five midfielder every single match week till the end of this half season. I, I completely agree with you. I think that
0: if if he's not on your squad next to Marez, based on their price point, where you can get basically anybody else in the midfield if you have those two. Because they're only costing you fourteen point four, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with your roster or your official homer, and you want all your guys on your team.
1: Yeah, or you just have a strong hatred for Leicester well, yeah. and West Ham for, yeah. for whatever reason you'd hate yeah. those two arbitrary clubs. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? Flushcare.com slash All right, and now we're going to head into the start sit uh, for forward. For me, I mentioned uh, him earlier. I think I might not have. All right, kind of, <laughs> kind of screwing up over here. But it's Bojan Bojan. Oh, I did mention him because I messed that up already. He's only at five dot three, which I think is very surprising. Already mentioned the fact that Dioff and Shakiri are on that front line with him. Probably going to start turning things around soon. They're playing in Aston Villa side, allowing just under two goals a match after they started well to the season. I think he's definitely worth a look, if not an add. It, it, we mentioned the, the people you could look at if you're dropping Callum Wilson. I think this, Bojan, is, is a, a, absolutely a, a worthwhile choice. I know a lot of people are married to having three forwards, but if you look at your points week in, week out, just because they score more frequently they aren't getting extra points for that and they're contributing in less ways uh so i'm fine with having two excellent strikers and then maybe somebody like a bojan who i switch in and out with my fifth midfielder different weeks uh so i would be willing to take that punt i mean i say that but i didn't but <laughs> i would be willing to i do have him in uh, draft format and, and he's been an interesting watch thus far and i think he could do well Midfield, Pyatt already gave you all those reasons. And defense is Tottenham. I, I just have a, this weird feeling that, you know, this is actually what the Tottenham defense is now. And I think a lot of people in your leagues will be slow on that uptake because of the reputation of kind of being spineless that Tottenham has built over the last couple of years through the AVB and Sherwood eras. Uh, and so for me, I think Tottenham's definitely an interesting look. Already mentioned Swansea's scoring issues. Um, And, oh, another reason why I love uh, Eric Dyer and the Spurs midfielders this week, whoever they may be, Youngmin Sun uh, just announced his injured today, so get him out if you can, Uh, is that Swansea have been particularly susceptible to goals from the midfield with five of their eight conceded goals coming from midfielders. Uh, And so if you have the likes of Erickson in there, uh, LaMela had an amazing match last week. His main issue has been consistency, so I'm still not buying in on LaMela. Bella Ali looks very flexible, and so last week didn't get forward as much as he had previously. He was more tasked with kind of keeping Yaya Tori in check, which he did for the most part, save for that uh, counterattack, because Kyle Walker always has a mistake a game. But I think I think the Tottenham defense is definitely worth a look this week. Uh, and Ben Davis is probably the least owned player on the best, <laughs> right now, uh, defense. So he, he might also warrant a, a look as well. Yeah, you
0: you kind of stole a little bit of my thunder. I was going to go with a Tottenham defender as well, but I was going to shy away from the the Alderweireld's and the <clears throat> who, who am I missing? Who's the other guy? Oh, Eric Eric Dyer. Oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> because everybody's bringing them in this week. They're the top two transferred in defensemen in in the in the official game. Uh, I was basically looking at a guy. I, I like wing defenders better than central defenders. Yeah. So, so if you're going to look for a guy when everybody's zigging and you could zag, I'd probably look at maybe like a Kyle Walker. We know yeah. their 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 Tottenham score the goals conceded record. You've gone over it ad nauseum.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't you're know what are talking
0: about. <laughs> If you're looking for a good sleeper on defense, how about Steve Cook from Bournemouth? Yeah. Wat Watford really can't score. Bournemouth's, you know this little spark plug that could game. I like it. He's a good sleeper for me. Uh, through the midfield, if you're not, if you, if like you, you're in love with uh, Dimitri Payet and Mares, they both should be on your team. But the third guy I think that should be on everybody's team is Juan Mata. Yeah.
1: Juan,
0: Juan Mata either has a goal, an assist, or a clean sheet in every game he's played this year. That is all competitions. Yeah. All competitions. So he's at eight right now. Uh, he basically just he had a goal and an assist in, a, in the midweek frame. Uh, fitness for this week's game might be a question. I don't know if he's going to get a full 90. It's it's a tough arse- against Arsenal, so I think he's going to play. I'd probably bank on him getting an, at least an assist in this game because I can see this game being 2-2. Mm. That's just me. Uh, for the forward, I had a couple and then cross them all out. I had Vardy. I had Igalu. That's
1: kind of how the season has been, to be yeah. fair.
0: Because I was like, wait, he's going too much. Igalu, everybody's already on him. He's not really a sleeper kind of start anymore. So I went with Rudy Gastidi. From a- Aston Villa. Um, yeah. Who else does Aston Villa have up front? I know they're awful. They're not a great scoring team.
1: But, Jordan Ayu who I mean, is supposed to be a big yeah, deal but has done nothing. I'm, Adama I mean, Traore, again, yeah, not not yeah. really factoring. I mean, they have, they have Audrey Hepburn
0: Murphy. I'm, I mean, Gabby Abunglehor <laughs> is still there. Uh, it, it's He's the best scoring option there. Check the records. He actually has the most headed uh, goals in English football in the last uh, calendar year. There you yeah. go. You're welcome for that uh
1: so and they have players that can swing the ball in as well
0: ab- absolutely scotty sinclair you know westwood grealish
1: yep. depending and on Amavi, how,
0: yeah. yeah depending on how they set up for the for the through the midfield but amavi is honestly one of the best uh crossing defenders that i've
1: seen this yeah, year Yeah, everybody He's, was all over uh trippier and, and his crossing ability last year and as a person that's watched him a lot this year amavi is better yeah amavi is basically he you know
0: to me Everybody's, like you just said, he's he's basically this like this year's Trippier. But I'll even go one better. I think he's this year's Cresswell because I think Cresswell nice. came onto the scene and he would basically had that low price point uh, on a transferred in on a transfer in guy and he's doing well with the effectiveness that he's given.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so we'll go right to my sits. How about that? Yeah. I'm sitting Swansea. Even though I talked that they're gonna win, they might win 2-0. I don't see it happening. My sits for further forward and midfielder are Gomes and A. U. I don't believe that they're going to come back tom- tomorrow or this week.
1: And Gomez was benched at halftime last week.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, he he looked like he was very sluggish or he just, you know, he had a an appointment or whatever. He just didn't want to play. The Panthers sapped all the energy out of him, I think that's what <laughs> happened. Um, and for defense, for defense, I didn't go specific to a guy, but Liverpool defense, yuck. Who are you going to own there for a for a top 18 in the in the premiere, How, who who are, who there are you gonna own?
1: Yeah, especially with Joe Gomez not getting the start yeah. either of the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, and he was like the week first week first three weeks darling because you know they clean cheated everybody and he was basically the beneficiary of that. He, I mean yeah, I have had
1: twenty one points after the first three weeks and two points since. Yeah, exactly. And I still own
0: Skirtle on my team only because he's basically like you know the the center rudder of a
1: three ruddered ship and he's was not, nominated his name most likely to sound like a Pokemon in high school it's he looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> I saw somebody... Never mind. I can't say that on there. But I'll tell you <laughs> afterwards.
0: But yeah, there's nobody on Liverpool that you really want to own, and especially playing an Everton team that is playing very, very well right now. You don't yeah, want to have
1: Lukaku, who's definitely been one of the more reliable forward options this season. Mm-hmm. You don't want anything to do with anything Liverpool defense, not even on
0: goal right now. They just avoid them like they're they're that girl who. Got acne first
1: in sixth grade. <laughs> just bob and weave. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I also agreed with uh, the Gomi stuff, but you said it so I don't have to explain or retract the fact that I still think he'll score 15 goals this season. Calm down, everybody. It's <laughs> going to be fine. Um, I uh, am going to kind of counter your point on, on Mata, just in that I don't think there will be that many goals in this match. This feels like that textbook like hype bowl kind of scenario where it ends up being kind of drab looking at you Mayweather Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just think that, you know, we have two of the five best scoring defenses in the league right now um, in terms of points allowed, not in terms of them scoring goals themselves. Uh, And so I could very much see this kind of just being kind of a battle of attrition here uh, and, and none of them really succeeding. I think of the four potential forward options, of Walcott, Giroud, Rooney, and Martial, I think Martial might actually have the best chance uh, to break through. Mainly because he can create his chances better than the rest of them can. Just because he has more uh, pace and touch. Uh, Walcott, obviously, the paciest. But, I don't really... Like, you see Walcott through one-on-one. And I just don't have faith that he's going to put it in the net every time. The way I do with Martial, Mainly because he has. <laughs> That's exactly what Martial has done thus far. Um, but most of them I'm not really big on. Uh... I agreed on, this is where I have most of my Swansea players, was their midfield. Um, I know that they were disappointing last week, but Fernando Fernandinho and Yaya Toure is no joke as a midfield in both physicality and ability. And the fact that Tottenham's midfield was able to completely break them down and render them ineffective going both ways, both in defense and attack, I think is of concern. Uh, So, you know, maybe AU and Jefferson Montero are clear of this. Uh, But, you know, your Jack Corks or your John Joe Shelvys and most namely Gilfie Sigurdsson, who, yes, he finally started scoring points last week, but it was largely on, pardon the Americanism, a garbage time penalty. Um, And yes, points are points, but it doesn't continue, uh, or well, it doesn't develop a narrative of him turning things around as much as people just looking at the score sheet may. Uh, So uh, I'm not very big on their uh, midfielders this week. And as far as a defense that I'm concerned about, uh, Newcastle. Because this is going to be a very pissed off Manchester City side. You already mentioned, you know, this is the deal with Aguero. Is, are you, are you going to give up a week too early? And uh, Newcastle, I don't have very much confidence in. Daryl Janmaat has turned things around, uh, scoring goals and such. But I, I think Newcastle defenders, other than Janmaat, are very hard to own this week. And, and Tim Krul... Uh, as well. Uh, going back one more time to the Tottenham well, I'm so sorry. Uh, if you're in a draft league, and you're only required to roster one goalkeeper, and you were holding on to a second to spell Larice, I think you can get rid of that now. I think Lloris' saves number counters any potential goals that will be allowed in by what we've mentioned already has been a more stingy Tottenham defense. So If you need to free up your roster, I think that's a move you can make.
0: Absolutely. And another another thing for people who are listening to this for start-sit advice, be very careful with the Man City defense this week. I have a I have a feeling that they're going to shift things around, yeah. and it's going to be probably Ode Mende and D. Michaelis. And Zabaleta got got a little bit of a run in the Champions League game, yep. so he's he's looming in there. And they're banged up in the middle. Mangala's out. Company's still nursing an injury. Kolarov has basically played every minute, and has played every minute. Yeah. So they're not the youngest guys as well.
1: So be very and, and don't forget that at the weekend Joe Hart wasn't playing. Exactly. Uh, instead of having Willie Caballero in there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this, so if you're making, if you're thinking about bringing in a city defender this week because of the Newcastle matchup, just be very leery. And I'd probably wait till the last possible second. I know lineups and lock the lineup lock is very close to, to together, but just be very careful. I think the only one that you could pro, the only two that you could probably be safe. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go against that. There's probably only one that you could Kolarov. probably. I, I would probably say it's either Kolarov or Sandia, but. They're both probably about equal, but I'm probably leaning Kolarov is pretty much the safest bet that he's going to be playing.
1: Yeah, people that are saying the Manchester City uh, players are no longer ownable, I think are missing the point that last week's City defense wasn't, quote-unquote, the City defense that we've seen be so dominant this season, as you mentioned, uh, Di Kellis and Mendy in there. I still think Company and, and Mangala is the best pairing there. I know uh, Rob Pollard, who's our City correspondent on the EPL Roundtable, says otherwise. He thinks this might be their best Premier League pairing. I think we saw uh, to the contrary this week, um, but yeah, I, I think that's an excellent point. Watch, watch out for those Manchester City defenders and what you know looks like the fantasy version of a trap game. Yeah, completely. All right, and so those are all of those guys. This is we're kind of just plugging along pretty quickly here. Uh, we're already up to uh, our moves that we've made thus far uh, this week. I already mentioned brought in. Uh, Jamie Vardy for the injured, Callum Wilson, that's where I'm sitting this week. I, I'm I'm giving Aguero one more week, and if he doesn't do it, I, I'm, I'm probably going to make some moves. I, I think that's a whole lot of money to be tying up no goals in, and I think that I can make up the difference between missing that one big Aguero <clears throat> week with the four weeks out of five when he's outscored. Yeah, I
0: agree. Last week, uh, I talked about maybe flipping a coin and bringing in Mane or Pedro. I went Pedro in the midfield with for my one transfer. And then immediately so, regretted it. And I, I completely <laughs> regret it because I should I, I should have brought in Mata, but I'm going to give Pedro one more week this week. And because I actually made two transfers this week and I basically nuked my bank to bring to bring in uh I brought in Alexis Sanchez for for the midfield. Last uh, week or this week? Just just I brought him in Monday right no. before he went up in price. Cuz I was like, you know what? He's going to go up in price and both guys I brought in both went up in price, so I saved myself the, the dot two.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I I, uh, Lexus in, Yaya out, Gomez out, Agalu in. So I kept Wilson in for this week only because I needed to. Right. I wouldn't have been able to afford Sanchez in the midfield. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go Agüero, Agalu up top, and then five midfielders: Coutinho, Sanchez, Payet, Mars, Pedro, and then Kalorov, Darmian, and probably I'll probably. I'll, you know what? I'll probably play Cedric this
1: week. I don't know why. I just I'm feeling it. I don't know why. Interesting. Against Chelsea, that's that's. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where the, your initial reaction is, "Oh, why would you play him against Chelsea?" And then you think about it, and you're like, "They, they just haven't been that good in attack or defense." Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't shy away from it necessarily. Uh, my lineup for this week: Boaz Myhill, Kolarov, Darmian, uh, Target. Again, <laughs> against. <laughs> Chelsea, although it's... it's he might not even play. I know, actually. I know that's of concern, but I have Joe Gomez also not playing and Joel Ward, who might be back in time. If he is, I'll be playing him, but if not, he's injured. <laughs> I'm just going to miss out on points because I I very much needed to get Cal Molson out before his p- price dropped and you lose all that uh, goodwill money that you've earned for holding on to him from the beginning of the year, which I have. Uh, midfield, Pedro, Payet, A. U. and Mahrez. Uh, much like we talked about earlier... Uh, I, I'm holding on to the, the iu Gomez duo just one more week, uh, and then if, if it's not working, then I'll probably have to move on from there. Um, I do have Toure still in my team. I don't know if he's going to play for me this week. kind of depends on this injury. Uh, and then the front of Aguero, Gomez, and Vardy. All of a sudden, Aguero uh, and Gomez not looking the devastating duo it looked when I originally put them into the side, but... We'll see what happens with that. Any other things you want to talk about just for a minute? Uh, did you watch any of the Champions League games this week? I did, yeah. I watched the Manchester United today. And, mm-hmm. uh, what did I watch yesterday? Oh, I watched uh, Arsenal. It'd be awful. Yeah. Ronaldo
0: got his 500th. You're yep. celebrating that with Punch and Pie?
1: Yep. Congrats to him. You know, he's, he's no Gareth Bale, but he's okay. Yeah. I mean, they both go the same barber. <laughs> can they not oh my gosh gareth we know you're balding and that's why you're doing this ridiculous haircut it's the worst thing this side of shemak's head just let it go man just just shave it with grace and class yeah on, on on haircut news neymar shaved his head thank you yeah God. that is really uncomfortable
0: yeah I, i'm so not used to it i'm like oh who's that non-looking rooster running up front oh it's Daymark.
1: He's had decent hair for the better part of a decade now since he's been yeah. relevant in the world of football. And it's just.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was like his, like, oh, I know exactly where he is. Like, it's like the glow in the dark puck in hockey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, I've been to some haircuts where. All right, so I, you know, that's one of the few things I'll, I'll spend some money on. Uh, barbershop I usually go to wasn't open uh, for this uh, wedding and it's not a good sign when you're about to get your hair cut and the first thing you hear is and just like a side on the side a uh, hair on the side of your head is gone <laughs> I feel like nice. I feel instead of like you start with the scissors right you get a sense of what's going on No, and I feel like it might have happened to Neymar but like at 50 times the price point <laughs> where they just like nicked in a little bit too far on the forehead line and they're like oh, screw that's awesome. it and then just, just took all of it off it's hair it Forget grows it. back, which is the yeah. trademark of any crappy barber. Yeah. It's hair it grows <laughs> back. Oh, great! Totally. So I don't have to totally. pay you, right? I'll pay you when it grows yeah. back. How about that? Yep,
0: <laughs> I'll pay you when it grows back, and I won't come back and have you cut it again.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Uh, so I don't know. So what do you? I I know it's kind of early for us on a recording basis, but I, are you sipping on anything special?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm I'm currently roasting a chicken. I'm, nice. g- I'm gonna turn that into Mexican food. So I've been drinking Dos Equis to get in the mood. Um, amber or lager? Amber or lager? Uh, amber. Uh, I, I, you know what? I recently discovered how much I like Modelo Especial. I'd only really had Negro Modelo, but with mm-hmm. just like a little bit of lime. And I know there's a huge proponent of male <laughs> beer drinkers. It's like. Oh, you can't put fruit in your drink. Nah, 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 nah.
0: Yeah, says the guy who
1: drinks grapefruit
0: shanty in the summer. Those are, those are, those are the guys. <laughs> yeah, that, right. Yeah. Or the person who's <laughs> <that's laughs> drinking
1: pumpkin yeah. beer as yeah. we speak.
0: These these are the guys who who are totally against putting having a blue moon with an orange slice. But you look at them in the summer and they're drinking grapefruit shanty. Yeah.
1: Come on. Come on, dude. Really? Come on. Okay. Really? Can, can I can I have like a confession-y moment? I'm, I'm interested you, to get your take on this. Oh, Christ. If it's not in a pie... I hate the taste of pumpkin stuff. I love pumpkins. Really? Love pumpkins. I just I just don't like the I know everybody's like, <laughs> oh, oh, you're basic. Pumpkin sauce Fun. latte. I I'll don't tell like you a funny it. story. I don't like pumpkin beers. I don't like I just don't like pumpkin flavored things. Unless it's actually in a pie.
0: I'll tell you a a completely funny story. One one night it was like a Wednesday or Thursday night and I wasn't doing anything, I wasn't going out to a bar or anything. I was going through my cupboards, right? And I was like, oh, my God, I have pumpkin fu- pumpkin filling, right? It was just me living by myself. Yep. And, um, and I was like, oh, I got flour. I got eggs. Oh, my God, I made a complete pumpkin pie for myself in one night, right? I cut one slice from the whole thing, and the thing sat in my fridge for two months gathering mold. I ate one what? slice out of the whole thing because I, I just all I did was wanted it for that one night. I just didn't eat the whole rest of the pie. All I had was one slice. You have much and better it, self-control than me. I would be like, "Oh look, I have a pie," and yeah, now it's I, gone. <laughs> I normally and I normally love pie. I get called, I get made fun of all the time because I always have pie in my house. I I, I shop like I'm an old man. I I go there, buy, use all my coupons, have my Price Plus card, and I come home with a pie. Love it. So,
1: but okay, yeah. top so, three pies. Top three pies. Apple. What kind? Like the thatched kind? You've got the Dutch apple with the crumblies or just standard Americana? Just just American. It's got to be my grandma's apple pie.
0: Okay. Number two, cherry. Got to be grandma, my grandmother's cherry as well because she does something where she candies the cherries. And okay. It's delicious. And number three, it's going to gross everybody out, but I'm going to go with mincemeat. How about that? Oh, yeah. Is- I mean that's not going to gross out our English audience.
1: No, absolutely
0: not because not everybody eats it in the States. But my grandmother – my grandmother's of English descent and Scottish descent and German descent. So she cooks a little bit of both, everything, and <laughs> makes it into a pie. But, yeah, she makes mincemeat pie. It's absolutely delicious, and sometimes she misses a carrot or some, some things that she cuts up in it, and it basically – you get a whole carrot in your slice, and it looks like you're getting like a doll.
1: <laughs> That's nice. Uh, for me, I'm going Dutch apple pie number one. Uh, with a, just like a little bit of ice cream. I'm not a big ice cream guy. That's another thing I'm probably going to get hate for. I just don't love ice cream. I, but anyway. how about froYo? You like froYo? FroYo is fine. Yeah. I realize it's a very similar thing, but for some reason it's more more decent to me. I I loved ice cream as a kid, and as I've grown up, like I've had like girlfriends and friends that are like, "Oh, let's go get ice cream," and it never appeals to me anymore. But anyway, yeah. on pie specifically, some especially on a Dutch apple pie when it's hot. I mm-hmm. think that's just amazing. Uh, two pecan pie and three pumpkin pie. Right. Uh, out here in Kentucky, there's a lot of derby pie going on, which is like a chocolatey pecan pie. And that's just too much. Calm down. That's yeah, it's too rich.
0: But uh, you know what? I'm very, I'm very, very specific with pies. If my grandmother makes the pie, I'm going to eat it because if you don't, you'll get to get that look. And she scrunches her lip and points at you. and You're like, oh, you're
1: too skinny. And you don't but get you don't. pie. So.
0: Yeah. And I don't get pie. if <laughs> you not want pie. So
1: pie. Memphis, yeah. the pie.
0: Memphis, the pie. D-A-P-I-E. Somebody needs to make that. Any of our listeners that are good drawers or doodlers, somebody make a big pie with arms coming
1: out of it with a, with a number seven jersey <laughs> running around. Hashtag Memphis the pie. Memphis the pie. Love it. Uh, that's And you know what? And that's the last thing we're going to talk about on this podcast, and that's going to be the title. Yeah. Is, everybody's going to be like 44 minutes in and be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. That That's, did, that's left where, for you people. It's like all this ridiculousness.
0: What kind of tangent
1: was this? Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. So that's gonna be really confusing for anyone. So while people try to mull that over and figure out what the hell just happened, where can they yeah. reach you? Uh, as always, I'm at
0: soccer.razball.com, or if you want to get me on the the social media machine, it's Smokey underscore lugie L-O-O-G-Y, or just call me up with my home phone number. It's nine 90- zero. Oh, go ahead, Kev. It's your turn. <laughs>
1: Five, five, five. (laughs) Hey, that's Um, Zach. Five, five, five. One, two, three, four. Oh, nice. Love it. (laughs) Um, uh, I have butchered this. (laughs) Nice. I am on Twitter at Kevroth. You can find my writings at blog.playtaga.com, where I cover Tottenham, Sunderland, and Crystal Palace. You can check out my weekly article on uh, theeaglesbeak.com, where I discuss player price points and players to bring in and drop from your sides. Uh, warning, I am legally protected so that if you blame me for the choices I've made or the people I've written down and it doesn't help you, I'm protected so don't come at me too hard uh, also do this, this should be up uh, tomorrow morning, that doesn't make any sense if you're listening, Thursday morning <laughs> this is available Thursday morning, EPL round table is up on Mondays and Fridays, uh, so with that we are out of time as I mentioned already had some drinks, already talked some fantasy advice, come back Yep. already jinxed. Already jinxed Alexis Sanchez again. Absolutely, uh, and uh, come back next Thursday for more drinks and fantasy advice. Hey.